Hello and welcome to Beyond Top 10 Tennis. My name is Dr. Ashley Morgan-Birch and I'm your host. I am the proud author of 11 books. I have been a CEO for the last 12 years. I am the founder of a startup that looked at disrupting Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, all wrapped under one roof focused on data privacy. And I am an elite performance coach that has looked at over the past 15 going on 20 years, injury management in elite athletes, but most significantly, my research has uncovered how to develop a top 10 tennis ranking, which is mind blowing. It's incredible and things I guess that most people thought were not possible, including myself, until the data did the talking. And each episode is going to look at specific snippets in those books and we're going to pull it apart, pull it out and break it down to give those little secrets and those snippets about what you might consider doing a little bit differently to give you that edge to help you get inside the top 10, but also and most importantly, stay there. All right, um, we're going to get started. Today's episode is focused on my very first book titled The Secrets to Optimal Performance Success, a comprehensive discussion on developing elite coaches and players. A little bit of a background on this book. It was the first one um, published after I had completed my doctorate. Uh, which you would have seen uh, in the bio, which is across the fields of health and also education. So think about the fields where you've got all the medical researchers working in, and then you've got the sports sciences working in, and you've got the biomechanics and all of that. Then you've got education. And we're not talking about just, I guess, teaching and the schoolyard. We're talking about how do we get the message across so we learn it. And so we've got a lot of interesting concepts to ideals in there, which essentially spread across psychology to behavioral learning to human behavior and everything wrapped under, I guess, under that roof. So it intersects between um, multiple fields is probably the best way to say it. And it doesn't essentially fit in a box. And I think that's fair to say, um, essentially because tennis is universal, um, but it's not just under one roof. That's a very big misconception, is that everyone, every player, every individual, we all learn differently. And that's what the research um, tells us. And that's what these books are designed to teach us, is that it's not just that bland mundane conversation or discussion um, we really want to get to the roots but we also want to have a nice conversation along the way all right this section um, is at the very beginning of this book and it's under if you want to follow me as well you can so it's 1.1 
and we're talking about the coach-parent relationship and its link to performance success. And I'm on page 29 and I'm going to read out some key snippets here um, for good talking points and hopefully something you can walk away with and maybe have a good discussion about whether it's with your mum, your dad, um, your guardian, anyone that's close to you in your team and it might also be your coach it might be fellow players friends just to get those i guess minds boggling but in a really good way to get you thinking am i on the right track or do i need to shake a few things up okay so here we go too often than not i have come across parents who have broached the topic of the coach parent relationship with me and the type of coaching relationship they have or should have with their child's coach now just on that it was only this week that i received a message from a parent talking about how they've been quite confounded in this area because it's not really spoken about if a parent should have a relationship with the coach and when i say that relationship it's essentially having a healthy rapport as part of a team because when we really take a step back the parent the coach and you the player are all a part of a team the coach parent relationship is often forgotten or worse frowned upon Too often, the focus on coach-orientated relationships is centred on the coach-athlete relationship, which is obviously a significant part of the coaching process and the athlete or player's ultimate development. However, the coach-parent relationship often is neglected and not of central focus, is worthy of discussion due to its direct influence on the coach-athlete relationship a pedagogic facet so many coaches overlook. All right, so I'll backtrack there, okay? Pedagogic is a fancy word, let's say pedagogy, which really gets to the nuts and bolts of, I guess, your internal philosophy. So it's essentially your guiding force. Now, each individual gets to ask themselves, what's their pedagogy what is it made up of what's incorporated in it so everyone's got different world views but i guess an overriding factor is everyone on your team wants to have front and center their pedagogy that says hey this is the goal this is where we're going now if you want to get inside the top 10 that needs to be knuckled down inside each and everyone's pedagogy that is on your team. So let's interchange that word and say, that's the focus, that's where we're going. We don't just rock up to practice just because. There's always a premise and an end point of where we're going and it's the long game. That's what we talk about. It is what we're doing now is to pay off in the next 10 years of where I wanna be. Whether that's inside the top 100, top 50, or top 10. Now there's a very big reason why, which is a lot of my work, all my work essentially is focused on, why top 50 players, they're not inside the top 10. We know that. We even know why top 20 players never break into the top 10. Now we're not going to get on that today as much as I'm I'm sure that would be a a wonderful conversation because it's taken to this point uh, 10 books to pop that out and that has been I guess carefully designed 
because how we learn is staggered, which means it's a, a process, but also it comes in progress. All right, hold on, back to it. All right, parents are an essential component to a player's sporting development, whether that be acknowledged or not. The parents or guardians are more often the ones who put out the necessary fees for their children to participate and purchase everything from sporting equipment to sportswear for the sake of their children actively participating in their sporting community. All right, let's have a pause there and think about that. If you are the player or the athlete, would you be here without your parents? The ones that do that? And you know, I'm not going to say that they're doing it all along, but in the very beginning, normally they're the ones that, that buy all of the equipment to get you out there. And maybe if you're like myself back in the day when I was playing, that maybe you have a part-time job and maybe a lot of uh, your lessons are covered by that. Or maybe you're also paying for your part of your tournaments and you know equipment as well however a lot of that wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for your parents or guardians or the one i guess who is your guiding light in that respect all right so it deserves a really good think about have they been involved now obviously it's a very different um, discussion if they have absolutely no interest whatsoever very different but then we need to talk to the other people on your team about why, why is that the case? Is there the opportunity for them to be involved? Or if it's a, no, don't want to be involved. No, just, just have the money. No, you know, that is possible. Who else is on your team? Is it an aunt? Is it an uncle? Is it a sister? Is it a brother? Is there someone else out there? Maybe it's your best friend. That's also a sounding board to share with, just to take an outsider's perspective between and away from the relationship between yourself and your coach. Because having that third eye or that third lens is invaluable. It allows to go, okay, no, things are going great. I see what's going on, that's yes, heading in the right direction. I see that both of you, that pedagogic focus, yes. Or it could be too far entrenched in that relationship that things could be maybe not as they seem. And that's where that third person comes in to just give you a little bit of a nudge and say, hey, maybe we should reconsider this. Is this really what you want? Is this making you happy? Parents are generally the ones who either organise transport for their children to attend tournaments to games, or they go along for the ride as a spectator. Since they have an invested interest, parents will naturally ask their child questions and most often the player will tell them what they're working on with their coach. If the athlete feels like they're improving or simply enjoying themselves, the parent will know. Through these discussions, parents should be able to decipher, pick up, if you will, how the player or athlete is getting along with his or her coach and if the coach-athlete relationship is working for the best interest of the player or child and his or her sporting objectives. 
Now that really talks towards what we were sharing about having that third eye, that third lens, and just being able to have those external discussions. So off the court, away from your coach, being able to brainstorm, hey, this is what's going on. Um, I think I want to talk about it. I really didn't feel like, um, you know, I hit my level um, coaching today, but it's because this, this. It's really just a way to evaluate or reevaluate how that relationship is going. And I guess it's a good time to, set, to touch on the coach-athlete relationship. It's, I guess, the the more academic term between the bond between the coach but also the player and it's essentially a commonly reference term in academia and the sciences that looks at or dives a bit deeper in the dynamics there and how integral that is as a starting point if you're looking at progressing your level of play and also I guess as touched on at the very beginning we're looking at optimizing that's so optimal performance parameters in order to easily identify if the coach athlete relationship is ideal the player should be comfortable not only referring back to their coach in conversations with their parent or parents but speak about him or her with enthusiasm not disinterest and I think that's a very important point is are you engaged as an athlete or player are you engaged do you want to keep going back and back and back and back for more are you filled with questions with your coach like bam 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 you want to be there and you're thriving or are you not being listened to just ask yourself are you being heard because that's important you deserve to be heard and that is whether on the court or off the court and it's got nothing to do with age you Everyone deserves to be feeling like they're being heard and they're being listened to. That is integral. Mutual respect should also be held, not simply by the player, but the coach should respect the player or athlete in return. A synonymous quality of all great coaching relationships. Now, now that is also a big one. And I think that's very important and it's obviously transferable off the court as well. So if you're not an athlete, it, it's still applicable and transferable. And that's obviously the idea or notion of respect. And I guess everything that encompasses. And if it is shared, hopefully you respect your coach. And so that's the reason why you're with them because you think the value is there, the drive is there, and the skill set is there to get you where you want to go, but also that it's a mutually successful relationship. And when I say successful, I mean that you can trust one another, you can have a good conversation. Now, it, it might be quite an odd topic to, to say this if you have a 30, 40, 50 year old coach right and maybe you're 10 maybe maybe you're 15 and or maybe you know I think if you're 18 you, you better grasp these concepts though especially for that adolescent player all right now but that's okay it's still mutual 
and it still should be reciprocal, which means it should ideally work both ways. And we're really focusing on that end point, aren't we? So we're looking at how are you going to get to the top 10? How? And you know what? It might be the top 100 might be the top 200 there's a lot of work to do before that happens because even at the top 200 top 500 it's still an incredible level of play all right and then it's what we call the micro discrepancies that edge you closer and closer and closer and i think that's the fun part that's what we know specifically down to the 0.01% statistically significant parts of what separates the top 10 to the top 20 and so on. Although again, that's a journey and we will get there, I promise you. If the parent isn't too sure if the coach-athlete relationship is ideal, you will see clear warning signs that the player will exhibit. The signs are various, although some to look out for are a loss of enthusiasm in the sport, unsure of how to answer questions related to how they've been improving, what they've been working towards with their coach, or if it is evident that they feel comfortable talking to their coach about their sport and what they would like to accomplish. These signs aren't to say that the coach isn't a good coach, it is a reflection of the relationship that the player isn't getting what they need out of it. Now, just take a minute and just reevaluate if you can if any of those red flags pop up currently with you. And for a lot of you, they will. And that's okay. It's it's normal. There is no perfect relationship and that is on court, off court, it's in life. The, the biggest key uh, and the key indicator out there is being able to talk about it. And again, off court, on court, in life. And it's having those conversations. And you know, if you're that 12, 13, 14 year old out there, you might not be sure how to broach that. And that's where that, that parent or guardian or that best friend comes in, is being able to have that conversation in advance with them. And maybe they come with you to help you have that conversation with the coach, all right? But it's being comfortable and confident enough to know that you're in charge here, all right? You're in charge of your, as corny as it may sa- might sound, your destiny being that you know if you're heading towards wanting to be a professional tennis player it's integral to be able to have those conversations and that's whether or not you can have that conversation with your coach saying these are my red flags this is what I want to work on and go are you listening to me can you hear me are you understanding me all right and do you acknowledge me They are incredibly important questions to ask to make sure not only you're on the right track, but you have a sustainable relationship there, which means that you're both putting in the work, that you as the athlete or the player, you're putting in the work, but also the coaches as well, all right? And it's making sure 
that everyone in that inner circle is being heard, they're being listened to. All right, it's not about being dictated towards and just listening. It's about it being reciprocal and having those conversations. In a good coach-athlete relationship, a player should be enthusiastic about their sport. Yes, you will have times when you don't want to jump on court or field, this is natural. But for this to continue and for the coach not to be able to motivate the player to get back into action, no, that's not ideal. If the player is unclear of what they're working towards, it is a good indicator that purely they don't understand and that they need a coach who shapes and molds his or her coaching pedagogy towards the individual. Now, that is essential. It is integral. It is fundamental. You can see how I'm trying to really emphasize that. And that's because if you're not understanding what your coach is saying, and you're not, you're not telling them, but they're not conscious of that either, it's broken. That, that relation, it's broken. Which means, no, it, it's time to wave goodbye, no. If the effort's not there to fix it, if the conversations are not being had to fix it, no. And you know what? This happens to players ranked in the top 20 in the world. It happens to players top 50 in the world, happens to players top 500 in the world, and it happens to the juniors out there, happens to the adolescents, happens to the ones starting off at the very beginning. It is fundamental. And it is just an overarching reason why there's a significant amount of coaches out there that no, they're not privy to this and they're not conscious of this and all the dreamers out there, I want you to keep dreaming. I want you to know it's possible and just know if you are not being heard or listened to and or understanding your coach, it's time to find a coach that will listen to you, who will shape the lessons towards your learning needs. And that's where education comes into it. Now, I think education gets a bit of a bad rap here uh, because it's school and, you know, most of us, you know, either have a wonderful relationship with school or, no, we can't wait to get out of it. All right, now that's, that's acknowledged and that's great. Uh, well, not, not great, it's about saying that you'd prefer most likely to be on the tennis court or the field somewhere because that's where you're thriving. And that's completely understandable, but it's about being engaged and it's also about being understood. And neither of those two are going to happen if the coach is oblivious about whether you're understanding them or not. An accommodating coach is a good coach. The same goes for the direction that the coach is able to provide and how the player is going to accomplish what they have their mind set towards. A good coach should be able to guide the athlete, an essential quality of a good coach-athlete relationship. All right, and I guess there it is. It's the guiding. You have a wonderful rapport there, but it's the guiding, them being able to direct you 
by this, this, and you know, it's not just about, okay, we're gonna play this tournament, then this one, then this one, then this one, then this one. It's not about bam, 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 tournament, 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 play, 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 no. Okay, sure, that is a part of it, but you wanna make sure that you're working towards something each and every lesson to week to month, right? And it's those little milestones, those markers that help. And it's where that coach comes in to guide you, all right, of those prospects and where you're heading. Parents are encouraged to look out for these subtle hints and signs before an unhealthy coach-athlete relationship is formed and impressed upon the player. This is where the development of the coach-parent relationship is most effective. And again, for those of you that have that, I guess, parent guardian to lean on, it's fundamental. Otherwise, you know, ask that best friend, like, how, where, okay? Those starting points. It is absolutely fundamental. The coach-parent relationship allows the parent to form a bond with the coach based on the relationship with their child. And that is where the emphasis should be focused. It is in both the coach's and parent's best interests to work together, to support the development of the player or child, to foster a supportive and encouraging environment for the player or child to flourish. This continued relationship between the coach and parent also affords the parent the ability to be aware of the coach-athlete relationship, but also be present and part of their child's development from a distance. And I think that that last point, which we're going to end on, is absolutely crucial from a distance. I'm not talking about the sideline. I'm not talking about the parents who walk on the courts and around and they want to hear everything and they want to be immersed in it and they just go and go, oh, look at me, look at me, look at me. Okay, now, no, I know that's out there. All the ones who are telling the coaches what to do. Yeah, no, there are boundaries. Boundaries are important. <laughs> and I've had my fair share of conversations with those parents over the years to just gently nudge them aside because it's fundamental that the coach and the athlete have that space to build that relationship, all right? The parent and the child player already have that relationship. Now, this is the time where the coach and the player gets the opportunity to build their relationship, all right? And then once you're off the court, that's when the parent has the opportunity then to build that relationship with the coach, but also continue, right, with the player or the child. So it's like a triangle there, but we each have to be conscious not to step on each other's toes. Now, that is a very big, huge conversation. It really is. And it's immersed in a lot of the work there because the dynamic of the most successful players in history acknowledge this. And we know that. And we also know that the players who continually have the broken relationships, broken relationships, broken relationships, there is 
literally data out there that tells us, I'm sorry, no. If you want to stay inside the top 10, that's um, the odds or the likelihood of that says, uh -uh. And that's likewise for the top 100, all right? And holding on there to the top 50 and holding on to that, that's just, all right, it's broken. And if you want to set yourself up for success, obviously the pretense of the book, which is the secrets to optimal performance success, it's about getting serious down to the nitty gritty just from the very beginning. So if you're especially an adolescent out there, these are skills to begin to implement in your training. And you know what? If you're a top 20 player out there and you're listening, these are also applicable to you. If you want to find that edge and you want to find that marker, that's obviously backed by science because that's what I'm all about. You give me the data to begin with, right? We're not just talking about opinions here of, you know, a former coach or a former player and these are my opinions and do this, do that. No, no, no. We're not here about that. We're here about we've got the data to back it up, which means if you want to get that nudge, that edge to veer closer towards the top 10, and if you're an adolescent, you know, to veer closer towards becoming a professional athlete, getting your first ranking points, this is a serious conversation, a very important topic to get started. Um, obviously, to get your copy of The Secrets to Optimal Performance Success, that's where uh, the website, aimatinternational.com, resources are all there to get your copy. international.com has all of the resources if you've got any comments or questions on this episode um, email the links that are in the podcast or on the website and I will be pretty excited to be able to include that in future episodes um, and we're going to wrap today up so thank you so much for listening and I will be back next time to talk more about the secrets to optimal performance success, but also most integral beyond the top 10 tennis. I'm Dr. Ashley Burge, and thank you for listening.